you're always nitpicking me with all the ways that I'm failing you instead of focusing on the positive. And I never feel like anything that I do is right in your eyes. I just want to feel like we're getting the best possible time together that we can. I know, and I want to feel like you appreciate the time that I do spend with you and what I do do for you. End scene. Oh. <laughs> Drama. It was too real. Right? Some... No, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> if you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Emory Podcast, we're opening our Communication Hacks Booster Pack. The three of us are going to walk through and walk each other through a communication tip that we recently discovered and thought was super awesome. Also, Dedeker is sick. <sighs> I'm sick. And it sucks. I'm sorry. And I'm we're gonna... about to go on tour, so get better now. I'm doing my best. I'm glad that I'm sick now rather than while we're on tour. Yeah, um, seriously. I'm going to try my best to not be too sniffly in your ears. Thank dear, you. Dear listeners, I can't make any promises, though. I'm really sorry. I'm sure they appreciate it. Wait, appreciate what? My sniffling or my lack of sniffling? You trying not to sniffle. My trying your, not your to sniffle. That's good. It's that's the good. thought that counts. Yes, <laughs> at the very so. least, it's the thought that counts. Even if you fail. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this the idea for this episode, we there were a few different things that have come up that are like communication hacks or communication tools that weren't quite big enough to fill an entire episode. And so we said, hey, why don't we each take one of these and share them with each other? For all of y'all. Yeah, because communication, as everybody who's polyamorous knows, is probably the one number one thing that we say that you need. Yes. So communication, you know, communication. You also know that on this show, we love hacking things. Yeah. We love shortcuts yeah. and we love tools and we love acronyms. We don't have any acronyms for this episode. No. But oh, we but do love that shit. We yes. do love acronyms a lot and alliterative names for things. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. So who wants to start us off today? So I'm the first one. Um, and this comes from Josh. Uh, my partner told me about an NPR uh, podcast that he was listening to, which was The Hidden Brain. And on it, they talked about this amazing thing called switch tracking. And Jace came up with a bunch of different like, names for it. The thing that they do with railroads. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> is that track switching? That's track switching, right? Well, switch. I tracking. thought that was train spotting. No, that's an Ewan McGregor movie. thought that was cross-hatching. Yes, that's an Ewan McGregor movie. <laughs> Moving on. Also Danny Boyle. But um, no, what it is is that it's, it's a thing in communication that kind of causes a breakdown in communication. So someone may give you feedback, and then your reaction to that feedback just completely changes the subject. So the conversation starts on one track, and then because of somebody's like, emotional reaction or some feedback it changes to an entirely different track and then people are essentially like talking past each other at that point no, I, I i'm confused you go ahead okay is this something that people do intentionally as in you bring up some kind of criticism about me and so i intentionally try to kind of fog the issue by bringing up something else or is this an unintentional thing that people do i would say usually it's a completely unintentional oh, really? thing okay. but i i i mean it's a thing that i think happens a lot in communication where you end up like 
saying completely different things. It's right. as though you're like talking to each other, but at each other. And like, nobody's actually getting through anything that they're speaking about because you're both on completely different wavelengths. So I created, yes. So, so I'm just, I just want to clarify. So this is different from just changing sub, like changing topics. Well, it is. This is something else. It is essentially changing topics, but also like changing the subject in the middle of the argument that may be happening. Um, but you may not think that that's what's occurring. You may like think like, okay, I'm addressing an issue that I think needs to be resolved. And then your partner may be like, well, I have an issue that I think is related. And yet you two may be speaking about something completely different and then therefore talking past each other. So it's kind of like you bring up an issue and my response to that issue is to bring up a different issue that in my head I think is the same thing, but it's maybe not actually the same thing. And then we're both arguing actually in circles circles and maybe for entirely different issues, not realizing that we're doing that. We're doing that. Yes. And so, yes. Yeah. Can you give us an example of this? Well, I created an example for you, and you two are going to say the example. You made a script for us? Yes, I did. And I (laughs) color coded it. You wrote a script? I color coded it and everything. Wow. I'm not good, just so everybody knows. So, this is, is this like the, the, the first like multi amory radio drama. Radio drama. Yes. And we so need to get some Foley up in here. The two of you are going to be the radio dramatists. Wow. And okay. I, I mean, you both you both have been actors in your day, so we both have gotten in some arguments too. Yes. So I expect greatness. Just a handful. I expect like real human drama right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So okay. Please. I mean, gosh, doing it cold. Cold. You're cold reading. reading. Yeah. Cold reading. Okay. You this took is... a bunch of classes. Yeah, I've taken on some this. cold reading yes, classes. There you okay. go. Right. So okay. come on, give it to me, baby. I mean, my instrument isn't at 100. percent Just you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can you set the scene for us? Maybe. Okay, the scene is set. Uh, a kitchen table, uh, mm. two people uh, quietly eating their dinner, a couple, and um, gently a person places his uh, his fork down. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> yes. I'm trying to do some foley. Exactly. Face. And then he um, clears his throat and <clears throat> says the following. Honey, I want to talk to you about something. I really feel like our time together has been limited. And when we do see each other, it hasn't been the quality time that I need when I'm with you. You're generally on the phone, texting your other partners. You seem pretty spaced out when we're together. Now I take a long drag of a cigarette. Yeah. That's what'll explain my my husky voice this week. There you go. See, I don't understand why you aren't appreciative of the time that we spend together. You know, now that Anna and I broke up, I see you three times a week pretty regularly, and you aren't appreciative of the time that I spend with you or the things that I do for you during that time, and instead I feel like you're always focusing on the negative or what you're not getting. I really just think the time we're spending together hasn't felt that special or fulfilling, and I think that we need to focus on that right now. I know. And I'm saying that if I'm with you and I'm around you, then that should be appreciated. You're always nitpicking me with all the ways that I'm failing you instead of focusing on the positive. And I never feel like anything that I do is right in your eyes. I just want to feel like we're getting the best possible time together that we can. I know. And I want to feel like you appreciate the time that I do spend with you and what I do do for you. End scene. Oh. <laughs> Drama. It was, it was too real. Right? Was some... No, exactly. Oh, man. So this scene illustrates Jace. He just really feels like he's not getting the best quality time. Mm-hmm. And again, when we've talked about things like what our love language is, maybe Jace's is quality right. time. So Jace's complaint is in this situation is like the time that we spend together Has is not, not quality time. Exactly. Like you're checked out yes. during that time. And I want you to 
you know, be present. Yeah. Right. Essentially. And then okay. Dedeker is saying like, oh my God, you're always nitpicking me. Right. You're not appreciative of the time that I am giving you and all the right. things that I feel like I am doing for you. Yeah. And right. so like, I'm moving my schedule around. I'm prioritizing time together. Exactly. But like, you're right. nitpicking me about so, being on the phone. Okay. So what I think is interesting about this is from the point of view of my character here, mm-hmm. From my point of view, the conversation is about our quality time and how I don't think we're spending it. And so to me, it just sounds like she's avoiding the issue or she's getting defensive or she doesn't want to admit to it because she must know that she's wrong or something. Like that's how it feels from my point of view, because I think the conversation is about our quality time that we're spending together and, you know, how it hasn't been as quality as I'd like. Exactly. But then from your point of view in that story... like. For me, it's about like you always criticizing me or you not appreciating me. Yeah. I see. And so it's like the fact that like I hear your criticism and my response to it is to bring up a new issue, not like intentionally being like I'm going to try to throw him off the trail, (laughs) just being like this feels relevant to this, but actually it's an entirely different issue. Yes. Instead of staying with his issue and trying to address that specifically, you're saying like, well, you always do this to me and you're always, you know, nitpicking me or not being kind to me or yeah being I feel like I've way. done this a billion times sure I mean I <laughs> had I this done to me have. a billion times also in arguments yes in I, relationships I absolutely feel like I have as well well I think what's interesting about it is that like unlike when I was asking before is it like changing the subject mm-hmm. like kind of but it's that the two people are both talking about a different thing back and forth to each other exactly. so it's not like, like someone brings up something resolved. else and now we're talking about that no it's like we're just, like you said, talking past each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like one person stays on one track, the entire argument, mm-hmm. and the other person stays on the other track, and never the two shall meet. I right. See. And That's so both feel like the other's just not admitting or like not really like being there and having the conversation. Yeah. Because in the other person's mind, we're talking about something different. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like so, I've, I've definitely seen this a lot. Yeah. And a lot of times, like, neither person is willing to give way or really even address the fact that like, Hey, we're talking about two different things here. And Mm -hmm. honestly, they may not even see that in the moment. Um, and something that the podcast talked about is the idea of like hierarchy in a, in a situation such as like a boss and a subordinate relationship. So Mm. the thing is like a person, uh, who's the boss can talk about, Like, you're doing this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. And then the subordinate, even though they're sitting there being silent, they can be switch tracking in their mind and saying, like, well, you the boss, like, everybody actually hates you and you're a micromanager and blah, blah, blah. And so they may not even be hearing the criticism that the boss is giving them and instead just, like, switching to another thing altogether in their mind. Like like you're criticizing the source in your head rather than listening to the content of what's being said. Exactly. And we could even do that, you know, in our own relationships. Say we're sitting there and being silent, but in our head we're being like... You're, you're being ridiculous. Or you're like, one to talk. This is you're stupid. One, either totally. you're one to talk or like, or why is he bringing this up now? Yes. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, like what's the motive behind this? Right. What's, what's the motive? What yeah. is he really trying to say? Or oh, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Totally. And something that they also talked about is that it's often way easier to hear a criticism or to even hear like a, a suggestion from somebody who's not actually you know, really involved with you, like someone who's not even your best friend, just some stranger, or especially someone who's not like a loved one. Um, They gave an example that 
some stranger told um, a man uh, at his work, like, hey, you need to be, maybe you should think about doing this. And he came home and told his wife and his wife was like, I've been telling you to do that thing for 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I think the thing is like a highly insightful comment might be threatening to someone who we're in love with. Um, so like if Dedeker, you were even to say something to me, like I may feel threatened by that just because I care about you and because I really care about your opinion, but some stranger, I might be like, oh my God, they're the second coming. Like they know what I, they know what I need. Yes. Well, I think about that with, I mean, I think that for me, there's some things that I've uncovered in therapy Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. partners have said to me, or maybe a parent has said to me or a friend has said to me, but it's not until I'm in therapy that the therapist says it. And then I'm like oh yeah no that makes total <laughs> sense like i do totally do that all the time yeah and that's super objective no, that's because viewpoint. the fact that yeah depending on who the source is that you're more likely to be i guess doing that switch tracking in your mind that yeah. gets you kind of out of the mode of actually being able to hear that feedback or that thought or that opinion totally huh and i guess i mean this is something that they said and i'm not entirely certain if i agree with it but they said the people who love us the most are also the ones who want to change us the most And I'd like to think that that's not necessarily the case, but if we are in these situations like this where we have a habit that happens over and over again, and then our partner is the one who's saying, hey, I don't want you to do that anymore, that is a behavior that they are, in essence, trying to change. So, well, I think, yeah, depending on the context, yeah. if you just say, like, they're the ones who want to change us the most, it sounds bad. But if you did think about it, like, you know... Emily, I keep seeing you do this thing that makes you unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I want you to change more than a stranger does because I care, because I'm invested. So it's not like I want you to change who you are as a person, but more like I want... I want you to change for the best for yourself. No, I you agree. And so I, that's not necessarily I can see a bad it in that thing. Context, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's something to be aware of within but the connotation and the context I of think the it makes sense questions that, we have. Yeah. Like when you're in a relationship, when you're with someone that you love, that's the person you're going to be most likely asking to change something, even if it's not changing who you are. Mm-hmm. But if it's like this behavior that you do really upsets me or this way that you communicate mm-hmm. like really doesn't work for me. And so can you change that? Can you try this? Can you do this differently? Yeah, and that's right. when we get into like feedback, maybe critical feedback. And that's when we get into like the switch tracking loop, I suppose. Totally. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So is there any, like, is there any way to avoid this? Cause I'm trying to think about it. And I just like, can't even. Yeah. Well, there's a couple. Um, they talked about mindfulness. When I looked this up, uh, psychology today at a great article, uh, there's a man uh, named John Kabat-Zinn, who is the creator of mindfulness based stress reduction. Um, And he operationally defines mindfulness as the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment, non-judgmentally, which is really difficult to do in real life, but it's something to be aware of and to try to do. It's not impossible. No. I feel like we talk about mindfulness techniques a lot on this show. It's definitely not impossible to do. And again, it's something like through meditation, uh, you can just practice and become much better at, obviously. Um, But in addition... It doesn't like avoid emotions, but it just like holds them in attentiveness. So you can recognize your own emotion, but then not necessarily need to act upon it at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It also talked about bias recognition and 
because we have talked about cognitive biases on this show right. and just to be aware of them within this and to also know that like your partner may have a cognitive bias as well. And that might be affecting the things that they're saying to you. Mm-hmm. And that might also be affecting the things that you're receiving or what you're saying to them. Um, it, it yes. feels like it, this could be one of those things that even just knowing that this thing exists mm-hmm. mixed with a little bit of mindfulness and awareness might be enough to when you're in that conversation and you're frustrated with like, why are they like not acknowledging what I'm saying to them? Yes. Especially if you've been able to talk to them, you know, talk about this with them before I could see being like, hey, I think we're doing that switch tracking right. thing. Let's talk about both. What's the thing you want to talk about? cool, let's write that down and we'll get to that. But can we first talk about this other thing or or vice versa, right? Yeah. If you can kind of compartmentalize each different thing that you're speaking about and yeah, and talk about it in a logical manner, then I think that that would be best. Well, one time, I mean, Jason and I, one time we did like kind of a mini emergency radar Mm. around like one particularly very emotionally charged issue that ended up being a number of smaller issues that I think mm-hmm. we found that we had to be like, okay, let's actually have like a mini radar. Let's make a little mini agenda of like all the different pieces of this and then just kind of tackle them one by one. That's right. great. And then do yeah. the normal steps of like, you know, action points and then appreciation at the end of things like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think what we've done with radar in, again, like compartmentalizing like sex, health, you know, uh, just anything like family, all of those things that kind of also makes, obviously there can be like many arguments within each of them, but I think that that leaves space for those specific things to talk about them in kind of a safe environment. Right. So that it's not like, well, I feel frustrated that you keep turning me down for sex. Well, like you never do the dishes. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, (laughs) is this really about this? Yeah. But I think I see that a lot and I've definitely personally experienced this a lot when you have arguments where like the past keeps coming into play Mm -hmm. as well. Mm. That, That feels like a huge example of switch tracking where right everything's attached to everything else in the past and so that's why it can come up you yeah. know and be really hard to stay focused on like what the actual issue is in the present moment yeah totally i'm yeah. um, just the last thing i was going to say is to, to try to focus on the positive motives of your partner like it, it come into every situation and even if somebody feels like they're talking past you um with the idea that they are putting a positive spin on it that they want the best for you and that they want the best for that situation and just to hold space and make, you know, your disagreements come to a place where you both can agree on something. So even if in the moment it seems like they're talking past you or getting defensive, like maybe take a second and look at that and then put your own arguments aside and then be like, right. okay, fine, we'll talk about this for a moment. Of course, easier said than done. Yes. But with practice, with practice, yeah. definitely possible. And I think also... Especially if you can get your partner or partners looped into this concept. Again, it's an awareness thing that it's something yeah. that you can in the middle be like, you know what? I think we're switch tracking right now. Can totally. We reset or like kind of sit down and like make a list of what other things we need to hit here. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, to be able to have that kind of stop button in the middle of an argument when things are starting to get heated or cyclical or, or things like that. Yeah. And that comes with mindfulness as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I think just to, to acknowledge like, hey, the fact that you brought up something different than what I was trying to talk about 
means that's probably worth talking about too. That yes. it's not just like, hey, right, stop yeah, that. Stop yeah, that. And we're not allowed to talk about yeah, that right exactly. now. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's cool though. I think that's definitely a useful one. Yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout for this one. I know, right? Cross hatching. I mean, switch, switch yeah, cross hatching. <laughs> I mean, train spotting. Uh, what did I call it? Like switchbacking? Yeah, or switch like, like, nickelbacking. It's none of a yes. And then yeah. we said nickelback, and then we talked about Christian magazines. Christian magazines. It was a long time. That was a wild ride. For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store, and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. All right, so I'm next. Yeah, what you got for us? I'm going to talk to you about bids. Like bidding $1, $2, $3, $4. cattle. You'd make a great auctioneer. Cat, they're bidding, they're auctioning them off to farm sanctuaries. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good, yes. Thank you. Um, Right, so so bids, and what what I mean by that is a bid uh, is any attempt from one partner to another for attention, affirmation, affection, or any other positive connection. Uh, and this is something that was um, discovered and sort of codified by the Gottman Institute. And we've talked about the Gottman Institute before. They're yeah, the ones who came times. up with like the four horsemen of the apocalypse of a relationship. Uh, they're also um, the stuff we talked about in our episode on the science of happy relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was from the Gottman Institute. Uh, they've done some really interesting things. It's very... They're relatively heteronormative. Heteronormative and mononormative. Um, so these just study specifically marriages with the assumption that the only good outcome is staying together and the bad outcome is not being together anymore. But given that, uh, there's still a lot of really cool research that's come out of this. So this particular one came out of a study where they, um, they interviewed couples, uh, like right around the time they were, they had just gotten married. And then six years later, they followed up with these couples and what they found is that the couples who stayed married after those six years, or, you know, were still married after six years, um, they reacted positively to each other's bids around 86% of the time. Oh. And that couples that had divorced 
averaged only 33% of the time. Mm. So pretty huge difference in terms of how often, and the term they use is turn toward each other rather than turn away. So if someone comes in for some sort of affirmation, affection, or attention, do you acknowledge that? Do you engage with that? Or do you turn away from that? So, okay, but my question is, so they codify bids as these like particular interactions, right? right? Yes. Okay. Like, the, but did you like have a what? question? <laughs> okay. Well, so um, this can look a number of different ways. Uh, the sort of basic example that they start with are, you know, verbal things are actually things you say. Um, and there's also nonverbal ones. So we'll talk about the verbal ones first. So okay. basically the, the way they break it down is there's things that you can say to your partner, but then there's actually another meaning behind it. So the first example that uh, they give is, how do I look? The actual subtext is, can I have your attention? It's not that I want an answer to a question, but I want you to pay attention to me for a moment to get not your like, opinion It's just something. like, look at me. Not like, tell me I look great. Just like, Right. I mean, that would probably be good, too. (laughs) But it's right. The subtext there is I I want your attention or uh, let's put the kids to bed. The subtext there is like, help me put the kids to bed. (laughs) Right. It's like, I want your help with something. Uh, This one's a little interesting is um, starting off with uh, something like I talked to my sister today or I talked to my mom today. The subtext there is I want to have a conversation with you about that. Like, yeah. will you talk to me? Right. Like, will you chat with me huh, about, about this? About it, yeah. Because otherwise it's just like, cool. <laughs> no. Right? And that that's and the difference, right? it was between, great. Yeah, between the, like, not turning toward your partner, not accepting the bid, is to be like, cool, honey. <laughs> right? Right. And, and I, I feel like we've all done that in some extent sure. at some time where you're just kind of like in your own zone and yeah. you're not acknowledging well, that. Well, I feel it can get very subtle because it could be something like, Oh, I really want to show you this YouTube video I saw today. Or yeah. Sure, yeah. Or yeah. um oh there's a show on Netflix I've been really wanting to check out. Mhm. Yeah. You know, that is actually like it could be multiple. It could be like can I have some of your time? Can we cuddle on the couch together? Can right. we laugh at this show together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's the the sort of time and attention and affection and all those things that are part of it that are that are the important part of this transaction it's mm-hmm. the, maybe it's bad to call it that but the important part of this bid well, the communication is transactional yeah. it is sure. a back and forth yeah. Yeah. yeah um i mean a more subtle version of this would be something like um yeah i had a really terrible meeting with my boss today mm. and the subtext there is like i want to process this with you yeah i want to decompress right i want and some kind of triforce around this exactly yeah. i was gonna say Ooh, in, yeah. in in their example here they say the subtext is will you help me de-stress and I'm like, well, knowing the Triforce a little better, <laughs> yes, maybe, but let's be clearer about totally. how they want you to help right, them do that. Right. Um, but in either case, it's acknowledging that and, and going for that. And I think um, something that we were talking about, too, is like, how can you do this in a way, even if you can't say yes to that bid right then, mm. right? So say you're right in the middle of something and it's like, oh, my gosh, did I... And have I shown you this YouTube video or did you see this, this meme? It's, it's sort of that question of like, whenever possible, can you say yes to that? Can you be like, okay, sure. Like I'll take a moment to look at that. Or if you can't at least do what you can to sort of turn toward mm. that bid 
and acknowledge it and be like, oh, that sounds amazing. Can I watch it in 20 minutes once I'm done with this? Right. Yeah. The difference between that and like, honey, stop bugging me. I'm busy. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's very big. Pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and well, then, I, I, like, yeah, I have sorry, to say, yeah. like, as soon as I learned about this whole bits thing, it really mm-hmm. changed the way that I looked at these kind of interactions with my partners of like, I saw them as much more significant than I ever did before. Yeah. And realizing like when I say to someone like, no, I'm not interested in that or like, no, that's not my type of show. I'm never going to watch that or mm. whatever. Like actually realizing the impact of that. Of yeah. That Cause being, it's not necessarily about the thing. Right. It's exactly. Of it about, not being about the thing of it being yeah, about, care about me in this yeah, about turning toward my partner instead of away. Yeah. And so again, it doesn't mean that like I have to watch every single Netflix show that my partner recommends. But <laughs> yes, it you is, do. <laughs> it is about finding a way that's not just a shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and with bigger things too, like sex, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that can kind of be a, like a cumulative effect if you constantly say no, 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 no. Yes. Well, yeah, potentially. So that's, so that's the other thing I wanted to get to. Sure. Is, here's the other side of it, is being a better bid giver bid, yeah. o- bid offerer sure <laughs> a bid better just a better bidder right because like with things like sex or any of these examples um you know something that seems very small and simple like uh you know how do i look i just want your attention i want you to acknowledge me for a moment that's seems pretty reasonable that you could take a moment to say yes to that and and give that however with something like sex or doing a specific chore at a certain time or right going out to do something that can be a little harder because maybe you don't have time maybe you just really don't want to yeah uh that it can become a little bit trickier and so what i think they don't address as much in this but i think is incredibly important and this is something that we've all talked about a little bit earlier is this idea of these these couples where they see them accepting each other's bids much more often, mm. I think that part of that is because they're better at knowing when to make the bids. When to make the bid also. That's right. Point. So yeah. with, I think sex is a good example of that, where it's getting out of your own head of just like, I want this thing right now, I'm in the mood for this thing right now, to like combining that with what am I seeing, how my partner's feeling, how do I know from interacting with them before when they're more or less likely to be interested in this? Have they even told me specifically, like, I don't like doing that in the morning or something? Mm-hmm. Like, what can you take a, a, a little step? It goes back to the mindfulness thing. Yeah. But can you take a little step outside of just your own thoughts and your own desires to go, is this something that I think they'd be receptive to right now? Yeah. And then approaching it then or being like, okay, I'll I'll wait and maybe talk about that more later. And obviously this is something like with sex, hopefully you're having those conversations in your relationship radars and, you know, can can get better with that. But But I think that's a good example. But we had a big discussion about this before this episode about like, how do you say no to a bid still in a way that's turning toward your partner? Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me, when it comes to something like sex, like if a partner, you know, if I have a partner who like pitches sex or like tosses offer we don't know what it is is it offering a bit is it giving a bit makes no, right? we should have a bit. figured out um, the terminology place a bit. yeah i like that <laughs> um, i'll wager five dollars like, if i don't want to have sex at that moment of finding out what's the way to make sure that the message is still i think you're sexy i do enjoy having sex with you yeah mm-hmm. just not right now well there's um, a big difference between just outright saying like no and right. or saying 
I am interested in something with you, maybe not necessarily that, but let's perhaps have an intimate moment, whether that just be being affectionate to one another, like words of affirmation or laying in bed naked together and being kissy kissy. Right. So it's kind of like, because I know I've definitely, as far as the sex one goes, I've definitely been really bad at rejecting the bit of like being really rude or being really impatient or just like even like pushing their hands off my body and just Mm -hmm. be like, ugh, you know, like definitely Mm -hmm. like more destructive Mm -hmm. rejecting of bids versus Mm -hmm. being able to be like, oh, I do really like when you touch me that way, but like like can we do something different yeah or could we i'm not feeling great could we do this at such and such time instead or things like that no i think uh, that that example you gave is really interesting because i've definitely had times where i'm like working on something and a partner would you know come up behind me and you know put their hands on my shoulder or maybe like kiss my ear or something and when i'm really focused on something to me that's like a ugh, god like get off of me stop touching me because it's like distracting because you're in the zone yeah because i'm in the zone and i i did have a realization with that one um a few years ago where i noticed that i was doing that and being like why am i reacting this way to something that normally i would like totally and getting to that place of being able to combine like taking a taking myself out of where I'm focused for a moment just long enough to kind of appreciate that and be like, Hey, and give a little bit of that affection back and be like, I'm really focused on this though right now. So like, please let me mm-hmm. stick to this and, um, you know, Oh, and we're going to have dinner in like an hour. Let's talk then and like, see how we feel afterward rather than being like, well, okay, do you want to make out for a little bit instead right now? Like that just doesn't seem reasonable to me as an alternative. Because Yeah. Right. But that's the example yeah. that comes up that I know has happened in my life. Mm. Um, I see. And so your, your example of like, just like pushing them away versus like, oh, that's really sweet. I like that. But I'm working yeah. on something else right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, that's hugely different. Yeah. And again, having mindfulness over the situation on both ends, Mm -hmm. I think is really Mm -hmm. important. I will say it's definitely made me uh, a lot more likely to watch people's YouTube videos. (laughs) Well, well, I think once I just once I realized, I was like, no, this isn't about the video. This is about like having this like minuscule moment of connection. Mm -hmm. And that's like. That's whatever why even you if guys i'm not wa- in- watch all the youtube videos i send you <laughs> like all the if, figure skating videos exactly even if i'm like not interested in the subject or maybe this isn't my favorite thing to watch or whatever like it's more valuable mm. to be like okay i chose to connect with you for this 2 mm. minutes of this video rather sure. than like i'm really not that busy of a person that i can't take 2 minutes just to like have this micro moment of connection with you you know that's interesting though cuz cuz um i i was trying to come up with an example of a different sort of situation that's not sex that involves turning down a bid and mm-hmm. how you can do that while still you know giving that interaction and making it a positive one uh and i think that youtube one is a good one because emily sends us a lot of figure skating youtube videos uh and they o- are other great. things sometimes they're also they're cute, wonderful. cute animals both of you guys send a lot of cute animal <laughs> yes. videos to our group thread um and a lot of times when i'm at work i'm like no i really can't take two minutes to do this yeah or i don't feel like that would be appropriate right now for me at work um but with this idea of bids, I have tried to at least 
acknowledge the fact that you posted it rather sure. than just let it sit there in right. silence I and be like, that. oh, wow, that looks really cute. I'm excited to check that out later. Oh, right. Is like, I, like that. I feel like you guys have probably seen me respond yeah, with definitely. something along those lines. Yeah. Um, right. But that's kind of that meeting in the middle. Yeah. Is that, so the other example I came up with here was um, person number one says, oh, do you want to go? Wait, did you, you didn't write a script for I us, didn't, did you? I mean, it's right here if you want to. Wait, where? No, I didn't write a script for you. I'm okay, just going to do just it. Go ahead. Okay, just do it. So just person it. number one says, uh, do you want to go clothes shopping with me today? Now you are person number two. And you really don't want to do that. You have other stuff you want to do today. Maybe it's not even that you can't. You just really don't want to. You could either just be like, ugh, I really don't want to do that. Or like, oh, I'm busy. In, but that's not only is that saying no, but it's also not engaging with the person with like the subtext of what they're trying to say. So an alternative would be to say, oh, that's cool. Did you have something fun that you want to get? Have a little bit of conversation you know, where you can say, you know, I can't go today or like, I, I really don't feel like going, but that's really cool that you want to get something. I'm excited to see what you get, like mm. giving them at least. So it's still kind of like I'm giving you my attention. I'm still seeing you. I'm still engaged. Right. Even yeah. if I'm not able to do the thing that that you that you want, that I'm at least but... not just being like, no, like stop bugging me about going clothes shopping. Right. Instead, seeing they want me to go clothes shopping because they want to connect with me. They want to talk about these things with me. So trying to find a way to give some of that. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Now I'm never going to send you all YouTube videos again. No, no I no, love no, them. No, I do watch them great. later. I do watch them later. I, I do watch them later too, often. <laughs> Actually, I usually watch them in the moment. Yeah. Right? You do. Sometimes You're better than later. I, yeah. Especially yeah. if it's a cute animal video. Yeah. See, I'm more likely to watch the figure skating ones than the oh, cute animals, actually. Interesting. interesting. I'm surprised. Mm. Maybe I should just send them to your, to your private threads. All right. It's Jennifer's uh, okay, so turn. Now it's yeah. my turn. Um, so this is something that I came up with a name for it. I don't know if there's an official name. No. We came collaboratively with okay. came up with a name for it. It's okay. Dedeker's the alpha. <laughs> Oh my god, the recurring in joke of multi emory. Yes, um, we collaboratively came up with a name for this. I don't know if there's a set name for this phenomenon or not. If you, the listener, have heard of something like this, please send us an email and let us know. Um, but we decided to call this microscripts, and so this kind of goes in line with some of the other communication hacks that we've come up with previously, um, like radar like the triforce of communication like movies which by the way if you haven't listened to those episodes go back and listen to them so you can understand mm-hmm. all of our references that we make and it'll change your life i promise yeah. um so i personally i definitely have a huge thing about ritual and i don't mean like pagan rituals though those are fine mm-hmm. but like i have a thing about incorporating ritual into communication um which is kind of like the hacks or like the tools that we develop, which is kind of finding a codified way to communicate that can transcend your absurd emotions, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> I mean, that's why we came up with Radar and mm-hmm. with the Triforce and all these things of the is the idea that we know that communication can get messy. When emotions get involved, it can get even messier. Mm-hmm. And so figuring out a formula something that you and your partner can follow together to find to make a way you a Vulcan to make you a Vulcan, which is always my ultimate goal for everyone on this oh planet. Oh my God, stop. Um, no, but, but seriously though, it's like something to lean on when things exactly, get difficult. Something to lean on when things are starting to get heated or difficult or things like that. Um, right. 
So this microscript thing, and I, I think the Triforce kind of counts as this as well, is that it's kind of like ah, this, okay. almost yeah. like a code yeah. phrase. One, two, three. Exactly. It's a code phrase, essentially, that sums up a lot of meaning in a very short phrase. Um, so I think microscripts are very helpful if you are finding that you and your partner get into a lot of like repetitive communication breakdowns, kind of like the, the switch tracking thing. Um mm-hmm or repetitive argument or a repetitive script in general of like a particular argument always plays out the same way that you bring up this and then your partner brings up this and then inevitably you bring up this and then it goes to this point and like you can kind of, you're starting to have the same argument over and over. Um, Or the same like little fights crop up about the same things over and over. Um, So it does take some self-awareness to recognize your patterns To be Mm -hmm. able to sit down with your partner and be able to recognize like, oh, I noticed that we keep arguing about chores, for instance, Mm. or we keep arguing about uh, like who's going to make dinner or whatever. You know, those are relatively small things. And it does take the willingness to actually sit down and figure those things out. A a radar or some kind of regularly established check-in is great for this, of being able to sit down and actually take inventory of like, these are the things that we fought about in the past month, or this is something that keeps coming up in our conversations and how can we resolve this? And I think the most important part, and and we did talk about this in our conflict crash course episode, is that it requires kind of changing the mentality around particular points of conflict so that it's an us versus the problem dynamic versus, mm. as opposed to you, me, you versus me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It, it does, but I feel like I'm going to be the audience member right now okay. who's going, cool, all this stuff sounds great, but what the fuck are microscripts? Okay. Well, <laughs> Please tell me what this actually is. Okay, so I think that it's easier to explain with examples. Alrighty. Um, okay. So for instance, I'm going to use an example of my sister in her marriage. Um, so my sister and her husband have been together for like 200 years, it feels like. Um, <laughs> I I have to say they actually are honestly one of the few examples in my personal life of people who've been married for a long time that I actually really admire. Oh, lovely. Um, And I mean, I've seen them through thick and thin, through Mm -hmm. arguments and times when things feel good, and I actually really admire them. Um, And uh, so what she shared with me is they were finding that they kept getting into a lot of like fights about nothing just because they were like crabbing at each other. An example would be like, maybe she'd be like, Hey, can you go outside and and uh, bring the trash, like the trash cans back in? And he'd get it from the couch and be like, "Ugh, like fine, you know." And then she would see his negative reaction and be like, "Well, why are you all cranky?" And then he'd be like, "Well, I'm not cranky. I just don't want to do this." And you know, and then it just it gets into like this back and forth of them just like crabbing at each other because they're both like tired and cranky, you know. Mm-hmm. And like it turns into a fight about nothing like totally not a necessary fight not a fight that's having productive communication just them crowding at each other yeah Um, and i've definitely experienced that many times in my relationship also and so they sat down they realized this was a problem they realized it was a pattern Mm -hmm. and they decided like okay we got to figure out a way to have a different script essentially for this fight or this argument and so what they do now is they kind of decided if one of them asks the other for a favor which is a bid to a right. certain extent. Oh, yeah. One of them bids asking for help. Then the other person, even if they're like in the middle of something or even if they're annoyed, even if they don't want to go out and get the trash cans, like instead of it being this like, okay, fine, that <laughs> the other one just says, ready. And 
then goes and does the thing, you know? So the way this looks in their house is that my sister will be like, oh, hey, can you help me with something really quick? And he'll just be like, ready, you Mm. know? And that's it. And then she'll be like, oh, well, you go do this thing. And I'll be like, okay. That's great. And that's it. And then for some reason in their household, their children are in Spanish immersion school. So it got changed to saying listo instead. So now it's listo. (laughs) So now it's just listo. (laughs) And I know Jason and I have tried to incorporate this a little bit, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, you showing up with like your sighing and like your crappy energy just really mm-hmm. doesn't help. And so yeah. it just gives you a script to follow. And it's it's an interesting one too, because I could see the criticism being like, well, come on, like how fake can you be? And it's like, well, yeah. Fake it till you make it. But you but you both acknowledge that it's fake. And I think right. that's the thing. It's not like you know, some script where you're trying to fool the other person that you are excited exactly. to take yeah. the you're trash Exactly, yeah, you're not in. trying yeah. to, like, put on an Oscar-winning performance that you are super excited <laughs> to do this task. But by doing it, by doing the microscript, you're acknowledging, like, yes, I'm ready to help you. Like, mm-hmm. we both know I probably don't want to do this thing. <laughs> but I'm but going I'm, to, God damn it. But I'm going to, and I know it's not your fault that we have to take the that trash we, exactly. in. Exactly, it's not your that fault we that we have, have to vacuum adults. or whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? Totally. Yeah. So what's another one? Yeah, so one that Jace and I came up with, this is like a little bit different, is, and I think this came up actually in a radar, was when we mm-hmm. came up with the solution yeah. with this particular microscript, is that we found like one of us would compliment the other. So like maybe I'd say to Jace, like, oh, like, you... now I can't think um, of a color. <laughs> you have like, very nice Your hair, teeth. Like, like the haircut you got looks really good. Like, you look really handsome today. And Jace's response would be like, uh, no, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not handsome. <laughs> or on, just, I, was, I, like I was guilty of the same thing where like Jace would be like, oh, like you look really nice today. And be like, oh, like I don't feel nice. Oh, I don't feel sexy. Oh, I don't feel attractive. Like, uh, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. And and then sometimes <laughs> that it makes the other it, person be like, okay. Right, yeah. Sometimes it would end there. Sometimes it would end in this back and forth of like one person being like, oh, no, I'm not attracted. And the other person, like, no, you are. And the other person be like, no, no, I'm not. And then like that's just like not a fun conversation to be in, really. Right. Um, and so we finally we made up a microscript to follow mm-hmm. of like, if one of us gives a compliment and the other person's not feeling it, not feeling like they can take a, the compliment, instead of being right. like, no, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, they just say, why, thank you. That's good. And that's it. And sometimes it's like, no, I mean, why, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But at least, right, it's like we said, it's not like you're trying to fool anyone, but yeah. you're acknowledging, right, I should accept this compliment yeah. rather than just try to tell you why you're wrong. Right. Totally. Right. <laughs> you can kind of think of these also as like code words. I really love encourage my, encouraging mm-hmm. my clients to like come up with some kind of ritual and attach it to a code word, mm. which is very much like the Triforce where it's like mm-hmm. Triforce number two. Oh, okay. I know what that code word means. I know it means that you need like a hug and support and encouragement and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah. Oh no. Well, I was just going to say um, that even something like cross hatching, wait, cr- switchbacking, switch, switch tracking, Switch tracking, uh, even something like that, like having a label for a thing mm-hmm. is a kind of another example of a code word. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's not quite a microscript like we're talking about, but it is a code word to be like, because you and I have already talked about what this phenomenon is. Yeah. We can so just like we're nickelbacking right now. <laughs> totally gonna use that holy shit <laughs> well hey if that helps you if saying nickelbacking helps you to like laugh a little bit yeah, in an yeah. argument use it totally like use it yeah. to help break that tension and get y'all out of it yeah I, 
Ah, oh, damn it. I really, really badly wanted to make a joke by like singing a Nickelback song, and I realized I, I don't, don't know, know any Nickelback songs. No, I probably man. do. I probably no, do, no, but I don't need realize. To, we don't need to explore no, that just right don't. now. I probably do, but I don't realize what they are. We don't need to explore that right now. Um, can I go to my last two yes. examples yes, 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 of my yes. scripts? Um, another one that we came up with uh, was uh, there'd be times, and again, this was another thing that came up in a radar mm-hmm. um, when we were willing to sit down and kind of examine our communication patterns. Uh, when I found that Jace would have like some new idea for like something to do with multi-amory or something to do at work or, and he would start t- processing it out loud because he's also a spewer. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we'd be like, oh gosh, but I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm really not sure how I'm going to do this. I mean, maybe I could do it this way, but then I'm not entirely sure. Like maybe I could do this. I'm and- like, yeah, I know this. <laughs> I'm like, well, the, I've, I do this. Too. Not exactly like you do. We, we have different styles M- of spewing. I think M does yeah. it too. Yeah. I do, yeah. I, yeah. But I do it about like, you know, this is going on in my life right now and I gotta right. talk about and I gotta it. I got do this. And then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so and I And you would... get all the blowback from both of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> so I, the chewer, mm-hmm. the internal processor, sees that and I start getting immediately stressed out of like, oh gosh, he's really stressed out. He's freaking out. I need to help him somehow. I need to, do, what do I need to do? Oh my God. And I would go into he's total panic out. like what do I need to do to help you? Like, do I need to answer all these? Do I need to give you all this advice? Like, I don't right. know what to do. Um, but then when we talked about it, what I explained was from my point of view, that's not me freaking out and being like overwhelmed by all these problems. It's more just like, I'm excited about something. So I'm thinking about it a lot. And for me, it's like a, a fun excitement and not a like, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Whereas to her, it seemed like I was in, oh my God, I'm so stressed mode. Mm-hmm. Right? So that was the the sort of recurring pattern. And so what we came up with is the way I explained it to her. I was like, no, I'm just excited. Like a puppy dog gets really excited about something, you know, and it, and it kind of like works itself up over this thing that it's very excited about. And that's not because the dog is stressed out. It's because it's excited about something. Yeah. Uh, and so our code word for that was, you know, if she's like, are you stressed about this or whatever? I, or, or are you just excited? I can just be like, woof, woof. Yeah, like, like you're a puppy. Yeah, I'm, or sometimes it comes up in conversation where it's like you're talking about something, and if I'm starting to be like, "Well, I don't know what you're gonna do," like yada mm-hmm. yada, that you'll be like, "No, no, no, baby, woof 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 woof," <laughs> and then I'm like, "Okay, you're just a puppy. It's okay." Right. Um, this last one, this comes from um, a blog post that was posted a little while ago in the multi-amory patron only group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was called the Honesty Exchange, and it was specifically a, a kind of I think aimed at people who are polyamorous, trying to figure out communication, trying to figure out honest disclosure. It was about ways to graciously give honesty to your partner, and also ways to graciously receive honesty from mm. your partner, so that it's just easier and safer to be honest in the relationship in general. Yeah, um, because that's like a, such a major problem with communication that I think we all struggle with to a certain extent of like wanting to be honest, but also fearing hurting someone or fearing somebody's reaction. And so that makes it really hard. And at best, it just means that it's an uncomfortable conversation. And at worst, it means that we're hiding things or not being honest because we're afraid of a reaction. Yeah, um, I mean, it's similar to the bid thing, right? Yeah, if you, yeah, if you set up an expectation that your bids all get turned down or that you're always having to turn down bids because their timing's bad at asking them, that's going to negatively impact your relationship. And the yeah. same thing if like, Anytime I make myself vulnerable, to be honest with you, 
I get a bad reaction, that's going to make like, me well, less inclined to, to be honest with anymore. you, or it's just going right, to be harder to do. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. So in this blog post, The Honesty Exchange, they came up with a microscript. I mean, they didn't call it that, but it because is Because that's ours, is. trademark, trademark, yeah, trademark. TM, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is what it is, and it was basically like, if your partner tells you something, like maybe they come home from a date and they reveal like, yeah, we went to this restaurant, and then afterwards we went back to their place, and we had sex for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe like that's totally within the bounds of your relationship, but maybe it's still uncomfortable to hear. Like we've all been there. Um, mm-hmm. That instead of that being the moment where you have your big reaction or where you process it right then, all the things that are coming up, the script that you follow is just, thank you for your honesty. Mm. Like start there. And maybe it's, thank you for your honesty. Like let's sit down and just cuddle and watch Netflix and then it's fine. Or maybe it's, thank you for your honesty. I'm going to go take a walk around the block and Mm -hmm. then come back and then maybe we can talk about the way I'm feeling or thank you for your honesty. I'm going to go take a shower and be in the bathroom by myself for half an hour and then you'll see me after that. Um, But the idea of like starting from that point, just that like little script of thank you for your honesty so that your first reaction to honesty isn't like a punishment on your partner, even if you don't intend it for for it to be a punishment on your partner, you can still be received that that way. way. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that because it's not like completely stepping away from the situation right then either. It's giving some sort of feedback and then perhaps taking a moment for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think that script can either be, maybe that's just something you decide for yourself that you're going to use of like Mm -hmm. when you're feeling something, but you don't want to like dump all over your partner right in that moment. Or it's something that you and your partner can talk about so that your partner knows, like when you say, thank you for your honesty, your partner knows like, okay, I know you need a little time yeah. to mm. go and process, and I, but I know that things are okay, yeah. but that you just need a little time for emotions to settle. You know, that's another way that it can be used as well. Totally. I feel like an, another example of something very similar to that, that I've found myself starting to do that has been really helpful is in times when I'm receiving criticism. Mm. Uh, you know, whether it's from one of the two of you, like all the time. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> no, or or even if it's at work in in a professional context, of depending on how I'm feeling at that moment, how my self esteem is at that moment, how I feel about the thing that you're saying. You know, my reaction could be like, "Oh, that's a great point," or like, "What the f- you know, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, that's fine. Like, who who are you to tell me this? Like, why would you tell me this right now? All those sorts of things, like we talked about before." is doing a similar thing of kind of having a microscript for myself of like, you know, thank you for letting me know, mm-hmm. or like, thank you for telling me that sometimes often followed up with like, uh, let me, I'm, I need to think about that for a little while. Mm-hmm. So I've that kind of, yeah. to me, gives me this sort of, um, I'm acknowledging and I'm appreciating the fact that that you were honest with me. So it's kind of similar where it's like, yeah. that might not have been easy yeah. for you to say. I'm acknowledging that. But by saying I need some time to think about that or I'll think about that, it's saying I acknowledge it, I'm taking it seriously, doesn't necessarily mean I'm saying you're right or you're wrong, but just I'm going to think about it, I will take it seriously. But it also carries with it the like, but I don't want to talk about it right now, or maybe I need a moment before we do. I mean, you're all theater kids, you know, TTMFN? Talk to you later for now. Talk to you later for now. Oh, t- t- I, I always heard it as TTFN. Oh, well, we always do TTMFN, which is 
take the motherfucking note. Uh, yeah. I, I heard actually, just take the fucking note. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily a good example that applies to like romantic relationships, but it, it's a good example of a micro script. And so yeah. the idea was that you do rehearsal and then after you do rehearsal, like you get notes mm-hmm. on your scene or your performance or whatever, where the director mm-hmm. is like, and it can be anything of like, I don't think that like you're projecting enough in this scene, or it can be like you messed up the blocking in this scene, or it could be like, we need to try a different emotional angle in the scene, any, any number of things. Right. And the idea is that like, when you get notes, you write it down and you just say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You don't sit there and you argue it. You don't sit there and defend yourself. If you really feel like a note is in the wrong, like you go to the director privately afterwards Afterwards, instead of like wasting everybody's time and talking about it. And I think actually that applies to, I think, Jace, what you're talking about with the work situation with Mm. getting feedback. Um, That you can still just be like, thank you. And then like have some time to think about it. And if you really feel like the feedback is not warranted or there's nothing you can get from it, then you can bring it up later or, you know, have that conversation in a different space. Yeah. 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 Instead of getting like defensive in that moment. Yeah. Well, this was fun, guys. Yeah, Yeah. this was great. I wish I could keep going. I love stuff like this. I know. We learned something different from each Mm -hmm. of us. And Mm -hmm. hopefully you all out there learned something too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who came to our live shows. Oh, man. uh, All over the country. We still have our LA show coming up on uh may 9th 9th. so we hope to see you there uh that's going to be a a really exciting show too so yeah get your tickets now if you haven't already nice big venue downtown la at a brewery super excited about it oh yeah it's gonna be freaking awesome and if you'd like to have your question or comments played on the show you can call 678 m-u-l-t-i-0-5 just had a voice listen to this so you're all warmed up and ready to go exactly and leave us a voicemail or you can send us an audio message at the multi-amory facebook page you can also email us at info at multiamory.com or send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. To support our show and join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com.